Hello and welcome. Amplify Music Communities is an extension of our Amplify Music Conference in which we take a journey around the world to visit with leaders within the music ecosystems of various cities, regions, states, and countries. Our aim is to have conversations about what's happening at the ground level in these communities and elsewhere and, and to look ahead as to what's shaping their future music economies. Today, we chat with three music economy leaders from the state of Colorado. We're excited to have with us our guests, Lisa Gitgaudis, manager at Create Denver and Denver Arts and Venues, a division of the city and county of Denver, Stefan Brackett, music ambassador for the state of Colorado, director of special programs at Youth on Record, and co-founder of the platinum-selling band, The Flowbots, and Chris Zacker, executive director of Levitt Pavilion Denver, board chair of the Colorado Independent Venue Association, and state of Colorado chair of the National Independent Venue Association. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for being here and visiting with us today. We're going to start by asking you what it, it, within your communities is your specific role? Uh, Lisa, what is your, what is your role as, as in Denver Arts and Venues? Yeah, thank you, Storm, and thanks for having me on this, and hi to everybody. Um, my role, I work for the city of Denver, like Storm said. I run the Create Denver Initiative, supporting creative industries through the city of Denver, um, and more specifically related to music, have recently put out a music strategy for Denver, um, and supporting any research policy and advocacy around our music scene. And Stefan, what is your role, your various roles, that is? <laughs> um, I think one, one of the main roles is just being like a proud child of Denver, Colorado, and Denver Public Schools, and CSU, and such. And then a, a same thing, like a, somebody who's been in this music and creative scene for the entirety of their lives. Um, and as such, a massive advocate for uh, the ecosystem that is the creative development of Denver and the state of Colorado. And so, like, my role as director of special programs at Youth on Record, and um, I am aspiring to have my role as the Colorado Statewide Music Ambassador be that same kind of constant advocation. So that's, that's the role that I'd like to have it. Awesome, awesome. And Chris, tell us about the hats you wear. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats these days. Um, <laughs> I, I also teach at the University of Colorado, Denver, with you, Storm. So uh, there's another one to the bucket. Um, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm the board chair for SIVA, the Colorado Independent Venue Association. We're working on uh, advocacy efforts for relief measures and friendlier reopening guides for venues across our state that um, not necessarily just music venues, venues in general. Uh, and then I, with NEVA, um, I... I'm the lead for Neva in this state and doing the same work that I do for SIVA nationally, uh, lobbying for uh, federal relief efforts. We were able to pass a $15 billion bill uh, through Congress. It was signed into law on December 27th. that will hopefully save a lot of our stages. And then at Levitt Pavilion, I'm the executive director uh, for the nonprofit uh, amphitheater. We produce uh, a ton of music, free shows, paid shows, everything. Thank you. Well, clearly we have with us three of the folks who are making a lot of the, uh, the necessary moves in, in getting us to the future. And, and that's what I want to ask about. Uh, I, I, thinking beyond 2021 and our new normal and your roles, what, what will be the biggest successes, the boosts or the obstacle moves that, that would, would make the biggest difference in your communities? Lisa, you want to address that? 
Sure. Happy to start. I mean, I think that because we got moved into the digital age in a much stricter way, um, it certainly opened up other doors working with other cities, other city leadership and people that promote music, both non and for profit, the way that the city of Denver really does and understand with each other best practices um, pitfalls, things like that, especially when we were working for federal funding. Um, we had CARES Act money come through. It was great to tap into places like Seattle or other cities to say, how did that go? What can we do best? How can we do it better? Um, so, you know, to me, those big city connections make a lot of difference. I know the same thing would go for um, recording and touring opportunities when our community nationwide has come together through uh, the National Independent Venues Association. Um, we've just never seen a gathering of for-profit music industry like this before. Mm. So I see a lot of good come out of that. Um, one of the challenges certainly has been, while a lot of these are Band-Aid relief funds in my mind, I'm glad they have been coming out. But um, one of the biggest challenges I've had with it is equitable, how equitable they are. Um, you know, a lot of this is on a first come first serve basis or for people that know how to fill out an SBA loan or a city grant. Um, and so it's been extremely challenging to kind of figure out ways to get into um, the areas of our community that really need that type of support the most during a time of um, trauma. So that's something I hope we can work further on. Awesome. And, and Stefan, what are your thoughts on that? It's, um, there is no way to make small the crisis that we are in as a music industry, as a nation, um, and within the world, just everything that is happening. And um, within any system, you get to see like who the system works for and who it doesn't. And I think we get to see a, um, an inflection point of need um, around those same kind of equity points that Lisa was already talking about. So I, as bad as things are, it's even worse for certain groups. And in that, there's actually now, um, I think, an even greater opportunity to be able to address, well, okay, like certain things in the music industry, like the music industry is not working for about anybody, right? Well, it's really not working for these musicians in these communities, uh, for uh, BIPOC musicians and such. So like now we can also like address a lot more of this when the whole thing is halted a bit because like we get we all know that like our industry is kind of built on momentum and busyness and activity and with that that means a lot of the wounds never get addressed um and then we can actually just like count the bodies of the brilliant people who got burned out like in in hindsight but at, at no point in time can we slow down the machine long enough to be like can we do this a better or different way so I think one of the things that's been um, an opportunity of this moment is being able to kind of explore alternatives, um, engage in dialogues um, with communities while things have like slowed down for a bit. And I do think that when we are returning um, to what I'm hoping is like a new healing, uh, there will be um, all of these processes will be a bit more transparent to how they're either contributing to inequity or how they're reducing inequity. And that's one of the things like I'm, I'm seeing conversations like that happening at all levels of our industry as well. So if I'm talking to people at YouTube Music and they're talking about like, oh, well, how can Google invest their money and like put their money in their mouth where their mouths are like uh, with um, investing in 
BIPOC creators for Black History Month. Or um, even like talking about like how um, profit trees are being built at Spotify, like seeing how like people are actually mm-hmm. like looking at this. So seeing that the conversation is real has been pretty amazing right now. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things I'm looking at. It's like this opportunity, this disruption is a real chance to address things that have never been addressed in this industry before. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for those, those insights. Chris, what are your thoughts from your role? I got I got to follow up Stefan. I think he just said everything. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, uh, it, he really pushed on a point there though. The way this industry operates, when we're in full motion, it's really hard to go back and, and correct inequities. And those inequities uh, are are vast. They're not just about people of color or people with people with disabilities. Uh, they're about a, a systematic systematic issues that really need attention. And because of what we were able to do on the independent venue side of things, creating this monster of Neva that's been so successful, our next step and what we're working on now is addressing a lot of these issues as we move forward. You know, independent venues uh, typically are, are fiercely independent and there's not a lot of communication or sharing of ideas from venue to venue. And that's changed through, through this pandemic. Um, and that is going to allow our independent music scene to carry on. You know, I think if you take all of the issues we have as an industry, one of the biggest issues that, that exist is that we're becoming like Amazon where we're going to have one or two people who control everything. And that's dangerous. It's dangerous for progress. It's dangerous for marginalized people. It's dangerous for, for, for just about anybody who's not, doesn't have a seat at that table. And this pandemic has allowed us to flip that script and start talking about the issues that exist and working towards fixing them and correcting them. Mm. I would also add to that. Chris can speak to this too, but Neva made a point of hosting um, an open forum, like a, a town hall every week for any venue that was a member or becoming a member. We must have had 250 to 300 venues every week on that Zoom call talking to each other, even talking through the George Floyd murder and how to consider if their venues are even catering to people of color or how they can do it better and having a really open conversation about that. So it was an interesting coming together of a different type of family we didn't think we would have because it's so mm-hmm. fractured mm-hmm. yeah and when when the svog uh grants the sos grants got passed by the federal government the very first thing we did was sit down and say how can we reach these these clubs that are in a lot of trouble that are in marginalized communities that are on that are on uh native land um that don't nece- aren't necessarily being spoken to so we we spent weeks we're still doing it trying to find all of these small venues to save them um mm-hmm. when we think about music we often think about these giant stadiums or these big huge acts that's such a small percentage of what music is and i know Stefan and lisa can speak to this as well it's such a small percentage and we have to find a way to uh to to save you know the art before it's too long too before it's too good it's too late it's all gone you know it's yeah. We've got, there's a lot of work to do. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and speaking of work um, in your all's roles here in Colorado, what, what public policies will you be advocating for in the short and long terms to, to get to where we need to get? Can you think of any uh, of those, Lisa? 
Yeah. I mean, you know, as I mentioned, we put out the Denver music strategy um, a few years ago now. And through that, we have the Denver Music Advancement Fund. And that the goal of that fund, that grant, is to talk about how music saves lives, what it does for education, what it does on the other side of recording and touring, and really highlight those stories and motivate people to remember that and, and get paid to do those things or spark new ideas for the future. Um, new collaborations, that kind of thing. And I think, you know, I'm with arts and venues. So on the venue side, we run Red Rocks. And as a city agency, we're an enterprise fund. So advocating for more dollars from a venue like Red Rocks and filtering, you know, more of that funding into our communities needs to happen more continuously with more funding. So we will continue to push our own agency along that route. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Never done asking for more money. <laughs> and, and, and I know you're great at it. Um, uh, Stefan, music ambassador of the state of Colorado. Not every state has a music ambassador. Um, what what will you be advocating for? Oh, here we go. I muted myself just to make sure that my, I didn't like, mm-hmm, amen so much that distracted from my music. <laughs> and, and there's a lot to amen. <laughs> yes, so. yes. But like, I think one of the reasons we even have a music ambassador is because of the work of folks like Lisa G. Like, cause we have a music strategy, like that kind of stuff is the proto policy work where it's, it's, it's demonstrating the value where people didn't understand it before. And so once that's done, that evangelizes for you so you can start like doing more work. And I feel like that kind of proto-policy work is a lot of the things that I'm going to try to be doing as the ambassador. Um, like for, for example, I know, and all of us here know what music does, but most people don't. And you have to code switch and you have to like start creating uh, different examples so people can see what it does. And um, once it's demonstrated, then I don't have to convince people of it. So in Youth on Record, like when we're talking about like the importance of arts education in the school day, like I have to convince funders with all of these different arguments, which I'm, I feel fine about because I know it's legit. So it's easy to find data for it. But I'm looking at how do we expand that? Um, so when we look at Colorado as a whole and we see suicide numbers are cresting in rural communities, um, now music won't solve that but music is where young people are. So music can be the medium for communication of resources and all of these things. So I am trying to explore more and more ways in which music can be the medium by which the medicine is, is given or out, especially during a time of communal suffering. And so once you're able to kind of do that, I think you've demonstrated the value in such a way in a time of lack so that when we get to a point when there's a time of plenty, we won't have to fight tooth and nail to say how important this stuff is. So um, I'm working in lots of different ways. Like some of them are really big ideas. Like right now I'm trying to talk with a lot of educators about perhaps creating additional kind of arts-based programming to make up for the gap that most of our students are going to be experiencing from this past year. And if we can coordinate with all the amazing organizations that we have, taking kids to the mountains or taking kids like to music programs, all of a sudden, like create a great buffer this summer, then we won't have to see this massive roller coaster dip off, particularly for students of, of, of uh, less means that we see every year. But this year in particular, even kids who are at like the best private schools are seeing a fall off and they've been in person the whole time. The arts can be one of the ways. Music can be one of the ways 
that we get to actually heal some of these things and maybe start using these new systems as permanent systems. So like I want to, I'm trying to create um, a program where we start seeing if we have different like uh, block party variances where we can maybe start having neighborhood shows that move so people can just watch the shows from their blocks. Right. But then like if, the, if, the, if we have a, a, a summer where everybody experiences music, do you think they're going to want to walk that back? Right. So I think there's lots of ways and opportunities within this, but like, I want to do some of the proto policy work that shows the value of it and how much we need it so that people won't be able to walk it back. Like we have the last 15 years um, mm. because, because we know that that where it gets us. And in a time of, of a great suffering and need, we need it more than ever. And people need this music. So how do we get it to them safely? Um, and how, and how do we uh, get it to like, get it to them at a time when they need it? Mm. So, yeah. Just little things, you know. Just little things. things. Couple things. Well, (laughs) from what you just said, it is Colorado is just so lucky to have you as the music ambassador, Stefan. Really appreciate those insights. Um, All right, Chris, what do you what What's your approach to that? Boy, I, you know, I'm working on a lot of like current policy and and teeing up for future policy. you know, over the past year, we were able to craft, you know, legislation um, that I've talked about earlier that was amazing that we were able to get that passed, especially for a, a group that was new um, under a, a, a Congress that was controlled by the non-arts sector of uh, <laughs> of our country. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, long term, as far as SIVA and NIVA go, we, we pull our members because we want to make sure we have buy-in before we start advocating for something. So there are a lot of things we want to advocate for. We want to advocate for a $15 minimum wage. We want to make sure the gig workers are paid fairly for the work that they do. We would like to, you know, start continue to advocate for arts in schools. We, we do run an art, uh, a program where we, we teach kids in, uh, uh, elementary schools in Denver that that are underserved uh, music lessons. We want to continue to do that. We want to help advocate for that on on a state level with people like Stefan. Um, you know, and then we, we, I think you know, there's a lot of issues we're advocating for. So it's like you know, where do you start? Where do you stop? You know, also with working uh, working with independent venues across this country to to provide these tracks to keep them alive and to keep them solvent. You know, those those are really the big pieces right now outside of reopening. We've got to make sure that we have safe, and that's the first word, safe and friendly reopening guides, guides for venues that do not give advantages to the rich and powerful. And that's that's the difficult piece because our state government, our city government, our federal government, our county governments, they all tend to always lean towards the rich and powerful. We've got to stop that. The people, the people have voices, and, and now we have a, an outlet to use them, and we have to do that. Great, great, and and again, we appreciate the work you've been doing locally in Denver and and nationally, and and I know it keeps you busy, Chris. Uh, all right, I'm going to get personal now and ask you in the just few minutes we have left, real quick responses, if you don't mind, to a question of. What about you personally? How has your life changed between oh, early 2020 and, and, and how do you think it'll change be, between then and early 2022? Well, I haven't seen any live music. I don't know about <laughs> you guys. 
So hopefully that'll change. But um, honestly, on a personal note, I mean, it's been pretty incredible to get some, uh, I don't know, more balanced time with my family, my life and my community in a different way um, and have much more meaningful conversations and take a time to self-care. I think that's just so huge and we don't have that enough, especially when we're expected to work the hours that we do and beyond that, which I know all of us, all of us here have so many hats. Um, so having that space to be inspired and even have space to think of new visionary ideas is ideal. <clears throat> Selfishly on another more business minded side of my personality. I mean, I was able to work with Chris a lot over the last year and it's been amazing to work nationally with him um, we supported Neva's Emergency Relief Fund before the Save Our Stages Act came out and helped to distribute $3 million with our also colleague Carl over 3.5 now. 3.5, yep. 3.5 now. <laughs> so another Band-Aid, but it was amazing to be a part of that. And I think that was an inspiring moment to say, like, it it breaks down the barriers of, of where we are in this, in, in, the, in like, nationally on the map. Um and man, did I want to become a lobbyist? I'm like, that sounds good to me. No one's, you know, no one's that knight in shining armor very much um, at the federal level. So maybe I can talk Chris into, and maybe Stephanie too. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, Stefan, where do you see yourself transitioning between those two time periods? Um. I think a little bit like to what Lisa was saying, this has been a great time to plant seeds. I've never had this much time to think about work on stuff that I've always thought about doing. Um, not just like musically, but like how I do my music, how I communicate with folks, what kind of coalitions I want to build, um, how I can challenge things. Um, like just like even in the fundraising bit, like having conversations with um, foundations and being like, can you move the four to 5%? Because if you did, do you know how much that would change things? Like you can, you can give more. There's no rule that you can only give the 4%, but like, if you moved it to five, like it would be monumental. Or like, what if you flipped like how we distributed money and like being able to have those conversations now. So I am looking forward to, and I am terrified about the harvest. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. So what's, what is going to come up? when things are really moving again, I feel like it's going to be massive. There's like so many things that are going to be popping off. So I'm, I'm intimidated by that prospect, but it's mm -hmm. also the thing that's getting me through this time. It's just like knowing that I am dutifully like trying to plant as many seeds as possible. So I'm really looking mm -hmm. forward to, to, to like harvesting this on, um, and, um, what this harvest is going to mean for this city and state. And, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's going to be incredible. That Great. and your hair has gotten so long, Stephanie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Chris. I almost didn't recognize you. <laughs> Chris, what's your view of the future there? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, between when this started and now, I haven't had enough time to think about it, of, of what's changed for me professionally or, or, or you know, personally. Um, I'll figure that out when this is over. And I think that's the attitude that those of us that are pushing so hard have. Um, it's that we're survivors and we care about this scene and this scene has never been comfortable. There's always obstacles. 
And uh, one day I'll have a chance to sit back and look at it and say, yeah, you know, we went from here to there or, or this happened. I th- think it's mm-hmm. important to remove your yourself from all of this when you're working for other people and to think about the community as a whole and not about yourself personally. So I'll, I'll, I'll have a chance to do that down the road and I'll figure it out at that point in time. For me, it's just like, just like with Lisa and Stefan, I mean, we're arts advocates. This is what we do. So coming into this pandemic, we were ready. I mean, we, we can handle, we can handle anything. We've survived this music scene for as long as we have. Uh, We can handle anything, uh, our music in general. (laughs) So, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out down the road. I haven't had the time that Stefan has to think too much about <laughs> projects or anything. I wish I wish I had a little bit of that time. But, uh, you know, one day. All right. Well, thank you all so much for, for joining us. And uh, your insights are so valuable. And, and uh, we commend you on all you're doing for the state of Colorado. And we thank you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to this edition of Amplify Music Communities. Learn more by going to amplifymusic.org slash communities. Subscribe to our podcast feed for more episodes. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.